How y'all doing? How y'all doing? It's Thursday again. And you know, you might be, you might be listening on a Friday, a Saturday, a Sunday, a Monday, a Tuesday, or a Wednesday. But regardless of when, when you're listening to this podcast, it's Thursday. And if it's Thursday, it's your girl, Dr. P on the pod. Dr. P on the pod, yeah. And I am always, always excited to come to you on the Odd. You know, I just did a birthday. Oh my God, did I do a birthday? You know, October 15th. And as, as many across the world know, it's my birthday. And I had a glorious birthday. And it was so, it was just so wonderful to have gifts and cards from around the world. And it really didn't matter whether the, the neighbor across the street or my sisters and brothers in Cote d'Ivoire or Jamaica or Tanzania or South Africa or wherever, you know, my girls and my boys and everybody came over and I just had a phenomenal time. And for all of you who reached out and said, happy birthday, Dr on Facebook and LinkedIn and wherever you found me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Every day is a good day to celebrate a happy birthday. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. We are always excited this time of year because this time of year we are on the way. We are on the way to the 10th annual. Can you believe it? 10 years the 10th annual Healthy Churches 2030 Conference. Yes, sir. Woo! November 13th through the 16th, we're going to be virtual again. Yes, we're going to be virtual again this year. I know some of you all just want to come and see us and hope you came and see saw us this summer when we were in your town. We were in Charlotte, Atlanta, Birmingham, uh, Charleston, and Richmond. We had a great roadmap, uh, healthy health health agenda this summer, and we're going to roll out a whole nother five city roadmap in 24, but we're going west. So for those of you who are listening in the west, hey, listen up, because we're coming to you. We went south in 23. We're going west in 24. You see, we're already planning 24, but to 20. The 10th Annual Healthy Churches 2030 Conference is getting ready to come get your, go to the website, uh, healthychurches2030.org. That's hc2030.org and register. You can register as an individual for $50. You can register for a group or more for $35. And this year we are really wanting uh, churches to become faith partners with us. And a faith partner is some a church that says, listen, we want all the folks in our congregation to attend this conference. We want to be your faith partner in Healthy Churches 2030 conference. The same price, $35 and pastor or, or whoever's listening, I really want to encourage you. So you can call Keisha, at uh, 804-644-2256. You can go online and get more information. And it's just really making sure that your church is a group. And to be a faith partner, you get listed on our website. 
Uh, and you get a shout out for me. Oh, a shout out for me doing Healthy Churches Conference. And we want you to promote uh, the conference within your congregation. We want 50 or more of your members to sign up uh, as a group. And we want you to become a faith partner. Please, please. This conference is so important. And you know, the bomb and Gilead, I have the greatest team in the whole wide world. And we put our, I mean, we put everything we got into this conference. We have a phenomenal lineup this year as we do every year. You don't want to miss it, but it doesn't, after we've done all this work, what's most important is that we have the people who are tuning in to be a part and to get the information. That's what's important. If, you, if you're working, you can get it on your phone. You can get it on your phone. You can get it on your computer. You can get it wherever you are, your iPad. You know, you can just, it's, it's available to you. And if you register, you will have access to it for six months. That means if something you, oh my God, you want to hear it over and over and over again, you can hear it over and over and over again, but you must register. So please, 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 you can go to our website, Bomb and Gilead, B-A-L-M-I-N-G-I-L-E-A-D dot O-R-G and register, or you can go directly to healthychurches2030.org. O-R-G and register. Please, please register. And part of, we want your church to be a faith partner. You know, you know who I got on the line with me today? Mm-hmm. You know, I only bring her on um, every now and then because she'd be busy and she'd be busy doing all those things that I used to have to do with the bomb and Gilead. But now I got Pam Price. And so I got Pam Price now. So she'd be doing it. And she is doing a phenomenal job as my deputy director. And, you know, if she's a deputy director, you know, I'm going to. Bring her in because she gotta go. She gotta go. She she gotta go. She gotta go to the next thing because she represents the bomb in Gilead and me very very well. Hey, Deputy Director Pamela. <laughs> hey 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 there, Doctor P. Birthday uh, girl. Oh my goodness! I can't even tell nobody how my how well <laughs> phenomenal my birthday was. I can't even tell nobody. It was such a, I had a great birthday. So listen, thank you for jumping on with me uh, today. You know, uh, you know, for the, for the last several months, every time I see you, I want you to talk about policy because the bomb and Gilead, we really don't talk too much about all the policy work that we are involved in, that you are leading. And, you know, I think as we are uh, headed to the conference this year and headed now into next year, it is so important that we begin to talk more about the, the the important role that we as the black people, we've got to get more involved in policy because it's policy, it's legislation in not only D.C., but it's legislation at the state level, it's legislation at your city level. These policy yes. um, uh, uh, 
conversations and policy decisions, and, and we're getting ready to go to the polls to vote, uh, they are critical to our lives. You know, they're not just yes. happening, you know, they are critical uh, to our lives. So Pam, tell us what's going on, and I know it's a lot, so you may <laughs> want to take, you, we may, you may want to start off with one topic uh, today. <laughs> And see how we can talk about that one topic. I don't know if you'll get to two or three, but you know, right. pull out the one that you think is the most critical to talk about first, and how, how what's happening with that policy, and how we must get involved. Yeah, awesome, and you're right. It is so much happening in the policy space, and I think the first priority thing I would share um, is to kind of to your point is, and that is we have to get more involved and engaged. There were some local elections um, this past weekend in Louisiana and the turnout amongst our people dropped by double digits in the parishes that are predominantly African-American. So the Orleans Mm -hmm. Parish and the Baton Rouge parishes. And so Part of our work at the Bob and Gillard is to kind of keep our nose to things such as that. Um, because like you said, it is um, there's always some kind of election. There are off-year elections like we're having in this year, and there'll be big ones like we'll have in 2024. But what we've got to understand is that while all those are happening and, and filling up the ether in terms of news and what we see, there are other policies. So I had an opportunity uh, uh, last week <laughs> while at a funeral... <laughs> Um, to uh, sit in on a call around the 340B. So 340 Bravo is a federal program that I would bet money that a lot of Black people do not know it exists. However, 340B (laughs) is responsible for actually helping to keep drug costs lower across the majority of the major hospitals and health systems, federally qualified health centers that serve underinsured and or uninsured individuals, which is we know that encompasses a lot of our communities, a lot of black and brown communities. Well, that program is under attack legislatively right now. Mm. Um, and so, right, exactly, you, you're like, mm. Uh, (laughs) And Mm, mm. so um, what we want to do with with our platform and and even with our conference this year and and with our roadmaps that we'll be doing coming up in 2024 is to try and bring fact sheets, bring bullet points um, about some of these policies like the 340B, um, how you can send a a letter, a postcard to your local uh, congressional leaders. Because that's where a lot of this is playing out. It's playing out in our home district. I know so much light shines on D.C. and what's happening on the Hill, which we've been up there a lot this year (laughs) in terms of us as an organization and and me um, advocating on our behalf. Um, But so much of of what is going to really move the needle in terms of our day-to-day is going to happen in your districts. It's going to happen in your school boards. It's going to happen in who your county executives are, right? Because they're the ones who will champion the things that matter to us. But when they don't see us, when they don't hear from us, they don't know, you know, what policies we want them to support and or not support. 
Um, and so that's where a lot of our work has been focused in really just trying to raise awareness, same, same way we do with disease states. We also have to raise our community's awareness about policy engagement, about what is already ongoing, um, because regardless of where you fall, conservative, moderate, liberal, Republicans, like those are irrelevant because your mortgage company doesn't care about that. Your doctor, to be truthful, doesn't care when they send you the bill, <laughs> where you fall along those labels. <laughs> and so we got to make sure we don't get caught up in those trappings to the point that we are not aware of those policies that are going to play out, that are going to impact us now, as well as, as our children and future generations. So Pam, let's 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 take a little bit, uh, take a minute, and just talk about this 340B a little bit. We don't want to we don't want to run through this uh, if you have some time. Can you really kind of just just delve deep, deeper a little bit and tell us what is 340B? That's it, by right? 340B uh, legislation. Yes, so 340B it's a um, federal drug pricing program. Um, it's actually been around for more than 30 years. Um, it's a part of the Public Health Service Act, um, which is a huge act in and of itself that encompasses a lot of pieces of legislation in the public health arena, um, which 340B sits into. It's managed by um, HRSA, or the Health Resources and Services Administration, which is another federal organization we need to know more about. And so what that program does is that it makes sure that for pharmaceutical companies who work with Medicare, Medicaid, that they give outpatient drugs to the healthcare organizations that predominantly serve underinsured or not uninsured or low-income patients. Mm. So when that goes away, which is what legislation right now, there's, there's a couple of pieces that are really looked to scaling that back. So they want to not offer or not mandate that pharmaceutical companies offer those cost savings, or they want to limit how those cost savings can be utilized. So hospitals that serve and participate in 340B are in the rural communities where we do a lot of our work as an organization. Um, and they're, again, they're in predominantly low income and underserved communities. If they cannot offer prescription medication, so think about all the people on blood pressure, diabetes, um, just those two alone, those medications are still extremely costly. If 340B goes away or gets scaled back, that cost for those drugs has to go somewhere. And typically what we see is that it goes to us as the payer, it goes to us as consumers, and or it could potentially end up going to us as taxpayers. Um, the beauty of the program right now is that it actually is not a high taxpayer burden to operate the program. Um, and so what happens is you have people who will lobby to say, well, pharmaceutical companies don't always want to offer that those deep discounts. That's maybe cutting into their bottom line. And then you right. have Medicaid and Medicare saying, well, if you don't pick it up, who's, you know, it's always who's going to pick up the tab. <laughs> a lot of policies come down to who's going to end up picking the tab up on these things, right? right but right. with 340B, there are a lot of national organizations and there are even the, the um, pharmacy associations 
are actually in favor of this because they understand that this becomes a greater access issue and a greater utilization issue in terms of individuals still being able to get the care that they need. And especially in communities like ours who are still reeling from COVID, um, who are still, you know, again, just kind of behind that proverbial eight ball where we think about just our health in general. If we can access the medications that we need, we're going to even, you know, be in, in a worse condition. Wow. This, you know, this is um, healthcare in America. I tell you, healthcare in America, it is it is absolutely no joke because it's just it just does not make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> you know, no, it, it's, uh, tra- the, it's the, so the transactional. Pricing, <laughs> yeah. The pricing doesn't make any sense. And I can just go down the, I can just share some, some stories about, you know, just the cost of medication, you know, Mm -hmm. and the cost of medication in this country where you can get the same, uh, same drug in Canada or somewhere else for, for, you know, high percentages less, you know, it, you know, um, yeah, I, I don't want to go into specifics because then I'll be I'll be talking forever and might say a few <laughs> bad words. Um, but you know, this is this is this is so important. Um, Pam, what's gonna be happening at the conference in November? Will we have something at our booth where folks can, you know, come to our booth and get more information on 340B or uh, a template on how to write a letter or anything yes. like that? <laughs> so at 100%. So um, we are really excited uh, to be exploring a, a potential partnership opportunity with the American Hospital Association. So mm-hmm. they're a big advocate for the 340B. Um, and so they actually are going to provide some fact sheet about 340B, what it is, why it's important, what it has done, and what is, you know, go- what we can do. Uh, in terms of legislatively to do that. Uh, and then, yes, because the bomb in Gilead, uh, whether it's 340B, um, we just saw where CMS has removed some restrictions around getting PET scans to get an Alzheimer's diagnosis earlier, which is great. However, mm. they shifted the cost in a way that is still not going to benefit the communities that need it most. So there are those, there's our our broadband equity work. So yes, what we want to do this year in our our booth is to really provide a quick, succinct template um, that you can use to fill in and to, with your legislator's information um, to say, hey, you know, we, how to set up a meeting. So it'd be some really how-tos, how to engage, write a letter, set up a meeting. Here are the places where you can go and find out who your legislative are. Um, So we're going to have that at the Bombing Gilead's main booth um, under um, policy. It'll be some downloadable documents for all the individuals um, who come and participate in the conference uh, this year. Uh, And then we'll definitely be continuing to to build out uh, some of that policy kind of how to uh, in some of our work with our uh, road, with our health ministry work that we started with the roadmap this year. So all of those amazing churches who signed up for those trainings and are going to be continuing getting that capacity building, we really, I, I really want us to to start to incorporate some of the amazing policy work that we've been doing into that training as well, so that our, our churches and our health ministries know 
some tips and steps in terms of how to go about engaging uh, with with policy and our local uh, local and state legislators. That is so great. That is so great. Now I know we got I know we got to jump, but you know you know that the broadband policy that's very dear mm-hmm. to my heart. Very mm-hmm. dear to my heart because you know whereas I have right in this minute I'm looking at you know a big PC screen in front of me. I got the Mac the, the Mac book the Mac screen over there. I got the laptop going. I got the <laughs> iPad going. The 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 iPhone going. You know, and mm-hmm. that's just what's in front of me now. You know what I mean? I got right. mails over in that room, and you know, if I have, if I have to um, come up with some money real quick, just sell all this technology in my house. You know, I <laughs> right. good. At least I can pay. I know I can pay at least three months of mortgage just with all this technology in my house. But there are right. so many. There are so many folks. There's so many folks um, uh, in our in our country and the, the people we work with every day in our churches that don't have access to broadband. You know, and this right. this broadband policy is just so so important to my heart. So this just a quick overview of that, and before we go. Yes. So um, one of the um, silver linings or, or kind of positive positives, if you will, that came out of COVID was the big infrastructure bill that was passed um, back in 2020-2021. So that bill began to actually try and shore up some of the gaps in the digital divide. And they did that in a couple of different ways. One of the ways that we've been engaging in is around the affordable connectivity program. Because like you mentioned, you can have the best devices in the world, but if you have no broadband, no Wi-Fi, no internet, you just got a really pretty piece of hardware. That's all you uh, got. Hey, that, that's all you got. You can't connect in, in a meaningful way to health care, to finance, to education, right? To society as a whole requires us to be connected in that way. And so that's really why the work that we've been doing with our um, Black Churches for Digital Equity has been so important because not in addition to getting individuals into this um, affordable connectivity program, which is a federal program that provides uh, subsidies and or low uh, cost broadband and Wi-Fi to um, communities and a significant amount of the people who we serve who are already receiving, you know, federal benefits like SNAP. Um, or TANF, um, older individuals who are receiving Social Security, you're already eligible for the program. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we've been doing that work, but we've also been looking to really um, hammer home why we need to have these digital skills, right? And so digital skills is not only our ability to connect, but it's also us knowing how to use all these devices that you just mentioned. And to use them other than, you know, getting on social media and things like that. But how do we use them to show up our skills so that we're going to be proficient in what's happening with AI and artificial intelligence right now? Are we understanding of how algorithms are impacting our day-to-day lives? So how are we becoming more digital literate um, to understand the full scope of technology and and, and digital um, advancements that we're seeing right now. And then also realizing that those are also gateway opportunities to address some of the other socioeconomic issues. There is about a 25% increase in the amount of income you can earn by gaining just one digital skill. Mm. Because wow. 92% of the jobs in this country 
require at least one digital skill? And by that, I mean, are you proficient in Microsoft Excel and the spreadsheet? Mm. Are you proficient in putting together a document in Word? Are you proficient in being able to not only get online, but once you get online, can you maneuver and um, work with productivity software, right? All jobs are going to require that to some extent. Um, More jobs are looking, can you navigate what's in a database? Can you do data entry? Can you read data? (laughs) You know, we're big on data uh, at the Vaughn and Gilead. And so those are all digital skills that the world we're living in and moving towards requires us to have. And so once we get the access, now we've got to make sure that as a community, we are using it to its full advantage, that we are becoming not just consumers of the technology. But we can start to become owners. We can become producers of this technology. And, and you, that's, know, you, know, you know, a huge thing. Tam, and you know, um, you know, I'm always amazed on how many people are still carrying a flip phone. You right. know, and, 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 you know, and I get it. You know, my flip phone works just well. Yes, it, it doesn't work that well, really, uh, right. because the technology, the platform that used to work on is not there. So your flip phone that, you know, you can answer a phone and all that. It's, it's, it, you may be able to do that, but it doesn't work well anymore. And I think that, especially right. in my generation, you know, my generation, right. I have so many friends who are like, I'm just fine. I don't need all that. I, but you do because we yes. are being left behind because we are thinking that I don't need all of that. You know what I mean? Right. My sisters and brothers, we do need all of that. I'm, you know, I'm just happy that I have, you know, younger people around me like you all, my team that keep me up. You know, like I said, I got, you know, PC, Mac, this, that, that, and the third, you know, and they're constantly mm-hmm. pushing me to, you know, to learn Monday.com and how they yes. send stuff on files and you got to hit this link and I get so <laughs> frustrated. But, you know, the, the world is moving and it's moving into a technology it has moved. It's not moving. It has moved. It moved, you know, a decade ago. Now we are yes. way out yonder. And if we're not, if we're not keeping up, we are being left behind. We've been left yes. behind in health because right. telemedicine is real. You know, yes. what I mean? you know, within the next decade, we're not going to be going to doctor's offices. We're that, no. that, that schedule is going to be on your computer talking to whoever you're talking to. You know, the technology right. is running our lives and there's nothing we can do about it. So, you know, getting, uh, getting our communities to understand the importance of technology and getting mm-hmm. them to getting them access. You know, not yes. having access is one thing. Having it and not using it, that's a whole nother conversation. Right. Uh, yeah, that's a whole nother <laughs> Right. <laughs> so, Pam. Because you, you, you scared they watching and spying on you, which is irrelevant if your doctor can't see you. <laughs> that's, your that's doctor's exactly trying to right. see you. That's exactly right. And you know what? Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because I've decided that they already, privacy in this United States, forget it. They already yes. know everything. They already Correct. if you if you if you Google one thing, it becomes on all your platform. You know, Google yes. some shoes and see how many shoes come up on your platform. Yes. Looking for anything, it'll just tell you what you're yes. looking for. You know, you if you go across a if you got a, a GPS in your car, they know exactly yes. where you are. If you're carrying a, a, a phone, 
an Android or an iPhone, they know exactly where you are. Remember when they used to put, you can, uh, they had a chip. I forgot <laughs> to call it. You, they, you have to, um, you went to get your new phone. They would put mm -hmm. a new SIM card, a new right. SIM card in your phone. Well, now the SIM card is built in. That yeah, you can't even take you it out. <laughs> you can't even take your SIM card out your phone anymore. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So we need to get <laughs> over that Big Brother is right. Big Brother watching you, know where you are, and it can be very frightening. But I would suggest that you know um, God's glory and God's presence. Yes. <laughs> It's, it oversees everything, you know, yes. but we have to get with the, if we're going to move forward in health, move forward with, with everything, we have yep. got to get more involved with technology and in policy. So Pam, yes. I'm going to let you go. Thank you, my sister, for jumping on with me and sharing just a little bit of your work. You know how much I love you and appreciate you at the bottom of the back. Family, we go. We go see you at the 10th annual Healthy Churches Conference, November the 13th through the 16th. Please, 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 go and get groups. We need groups, groups of folks. Get your church uh, to become a faith partner. We are working so hard to bring you the best of the best. And in order for you, we're doing our part, but we need you there to get it you know what i mean because access is one thing you taking advantage of it is a whole nother conversation listen we got to jump you know it's thursday it's your girl dr p on fire oh, and i'm so happy to be your girl dr p and i'm always on the pause i gotta go pam got to go we'll see you next week when it's thursday it'll be dr p on the pod peace <laughs>